Hello, and thank you for listening to Jollyville Radio on KJVR. My name is Jimmy Piecrust, and I'm coming to you live from the Purple Street Studios in beautiful downtown Jollyville. Carrie Gardner would like for me to share with you that her cat Birthday Boy was returned home. She says that the cat seems mostly unharmed except for a new collar that hasn't been able to get removed yet and a newfound love of her file cabinet. (laughs) We love you, birthday boy. Today on the show, we have a Parks and Wildlife update from Harry Lachat and an episode of Better Call Paul in which Paul helps a caller with creative uses of cardboard. After that, Uncle Lassar interviews Connie Hollins and Robin Barfield about the Gerald Community Library in Gerald, Texas. Are you following Jollyville Radio on Facebook and Instagram? We'd love to hear from you, so please follow and drop us a line. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Transparent. Delicate. Sophisticated, Sophisticated. announcing the all-new line of luxury eyeglasses by the designer Robert Cheerful. Jollyville Radio sends a shout-out to Friendship, Arkansas, population 163. How y'all doing? It's time for Better Call Paul, the handyman and relationship coach you can trust. Hi, folks. Today, we have Katerina Premu calling in with a DIY construction question. Katerina, you're on with Paul. Hi, Paul. Hey, my cats are scratching on my furniture and starting to ruin it. I'd like to make some scratchers to distract them from the furniture, but I'm on a very limited budget. Do you have any suggestions? I sure do, Katerina. These days, there are lots of discarded delivery boxes to be had completely free. You can make excellent cat scratchers out of some pieces of corrugated cardboard. Ooh, is that the brown kind with a wavy layer inside? That is exactly right, Katarina. Cats lose the way it feels when they dig into the middle of it. Should I just leave some pieces lying around? That is actually not very safe, Katarina, because you can easily slip on a loose piece of cardboard. Oh, well, I guess I could duct tape them to the floor so they're not loose. That would prevent the sliding problem, but it leaves a real mess behind. Cats like it much better if you cut the cardboard up into equal strips and then glue them together sideways to make a cardboard brick with the wavy stuff exposed on a large area. If you make a decent sized brick, you are not very likely to slip on it. Oh, I understand. What kind of glue should I use? The most important thing is to get a non-toxic glue that also dries completely hard. Most white glues for crafting meet these requirements. I have lots of non-toxic glue sticks. Will those work? You know how glue stick glue is sticky even after it dries? Yeah. Imagine that inside of a hairball. Ew, 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 ew. Okay, well, I like the brick idea, but some of my cats like to reach up when they're scratching. 
you can easily attach the bricks to the sides of a big cardboard box so they have something to reach up to. Your cats may enjoy climbing on the boxes too. I'm not sure a normal cardboard box could handle the weight, Paul. Shipping boxes are actually quite strong. But are they strong enough for all eight of my cats? Eight cats? How did you get so many? I really only wanted one for my daughter's birthday. We went to a rescue event at a pet store, but before we could even get inside to see the free pets, there were these super cute kittens at the entrance. That is a very common marketing tactic, Katarina. I hope you did not pay too much for your first kitten. No, we got a really good deal on the three siblings. We just couldn't bear to break them up. The world really needs big-hearted people like you, Katarina. But what about the other five? It's really quite strange. We live near the bubble factory, and right after the recent explosion, we found a group of cats kind of staggering around as if they were drunk. We didn't want them to get hurt, so we picked them up and took them home, planning to take them to the shelter when it opened. But after we got them home, they perked right up. We've been trying to locate their owners. Have you checked the collars? Well, they do have strange collars we can't remove, but with no identifying marks at all. Plus, we aren't working that hard on returning them anymore. They are just so cute and friendly the way they snoop into everything and sneak up behind you when you're working on the computer. Well, if you do end up keeping that many, you will definitely need to reinforce your scratching boxes. You can easily do that using some scraps of wood in the corners. You can glue them in with the same glue you use to make the scratching bricks. You've provided some very good ideas, Paul. Thanks. And they could be fun projects to work on together when I bring a date home. Working on projects together can be a really great way to get to know someone, Katarina. But please remember how your last date was spooked by all your cats. With allergies being such a big issue, before you bring home a date, you need to make sure they are animal lovers just like you. Yeah, I'm still trying to return the shoe that date left behind before you know, he ran out the door, but he just never answers any of my calls. Hey, hey, how did you know about that anyway? Cats often enjoy playing with shoes. You should probably just keep it and chalk it up to experience. Oh, I will, Paul. Thanks for all your good advice. Thank you for calling in, Katerina. You need a politician who looks past your immediate circumstances to see the real you. That's why I'm running for mayor of Jollyville. Paul Fredrickson, for mayor of Jollyville. Because I believe pets are as important as people. This message was paid for by the Society Against Feline Exploitation. Connie and Robin from Gerald Community Library in Gerald, Texas. You're listening to Jollyville Radio on KJVR. When you are in Gerald, Texas, if you're headed to Dallas anytime, just stop into Gerald. We'll be here at the library. Okay. Okay.
Alrighty. Y'all have a good one. Thank you. Hello, Jolieville. It's me, Harry Lechat, Director of Parks and Wildlife. You may remember there were strange things happening with the street cats after the bubble explosion. I have been in touch with private detective Spring Spasswood, who has information about the background of these supposedly feral cats found paws up at the bubble factory explosion. I have asked Detective Spasswood to share his report with us. To Harry Lechat, Director of Jollyville Parks and Wildlife, from Detective S. Spicewood, P.I. Apparently, according to a very reliable source who requests to remain anonymous, I've detected the following facts. So there's this place called the Santa Fe Inn, see? A renovated 1950s motel. Very nice. You know the kind. All decked in mid-century vintage. Well... It's known for being all pet-friendly, leaving out these artsy little dog bowls out by the rooms and dog treats at the office, when in fact, they only let cats stay there. And for free. Apparently, there's a symbiotic relationship where the cats stay at the motel for free, see? When guests are out, they sleep in the motel rooms during the day then roam the area outside around the motel at night. Sort of, you know, keeps the mice population down inside and out, you might say. Then things changed. These other cats moved in. They had all these weird collars, so you just know they've had their shots. So you'd think they'd have a home, you know. All the other cats, one by one, disappeared, and these cats took over and they strut around the property with their tails up in the air like they own the joint. The owners seem fine with the change, but I'm still scratching my head about it. These cats seem weird, different somehow. There's just too many loose strings to be played with. I've only scratched the surface here, Harry. I'll continue to find the scoop and sift out the truth. I'll report back whatever dirty, hairy things this investigation coughs up. Until then, yours truly, Private Detective Spring S. Spicewood, P.I. So that is all the information we could get out of Detective Spasswood for now. We must further investigate. We haven't finished conducting tests on a few cats that have stayed here at the Department of Wildlife. Stay safe out there, Jollyville. Perhaps you would like to relax with one of these hakus? Or how about a nice walk in the garden? Better yet, why don't we leave Jollyville altogether and hear an uplifting interview with somebody building community? Oui, that sounds nice. Uncle Assar, we turn to you. Live on air, in the best of times and the worst of times. This is Jollyville Community Beat with Uncle Asar, turning the spotlight on good people doing great work in the real world. Joining us in the Purple Street studio, we're talking with Connie Hollins and Robin Barfield from the Gerald Community Library in Gerald, Texas, promoting the open exchange of ideas through free access to information and connecting a culturally diverse population with the global community. Connie and Robin, welcome to Community Beat. Thank you. Thank you. We're very excited to be here. 
Great. Did, did y'all uh, see what I did there with the best of times, worst of times? We're talking about a library. Yes. All right. <laughs> Your website states uh, a library for the community, by the community. What does that mean to each of you? And how does the library manifest that idea? The initial plan for the library was started several years ago by a little girl who was wanting to know why there was not a library in her city. And through her efforts, she helped get the library started. With it, she got a thousand dollars donation, and at the time, that averaged out to a dollar per person. The population girl at the time was a thousand people. And four years later, the library got started. Santer Mud has generously donated part of their building to us, so the library is housed in the Santer Mud building. Santerra Mud is a municipal utility district. So it was a development that started um, next to Gerald, but was not part of the incorporated city. Everything in the library has been donated. We've recently received several um, grants to help us build our collection. So we'll be getting brand new books in soon. And um, we've recently gone out for a grant for, to have a conversation with the community to see exactly what it is the community is wanting, what they're looking for from a library, what they're needing, what services they're looking for. Gerald is, and Robin can attest to this more than I can, she's, she's a, a, a long-term member here from Gerald. The library, when we first opened our doors May 4th, 2019, we had 37 card holders by the end of the day. We currently have 665 card holders. And that's been basically in less than a year because we did not make that full year due to COVID. However, we continue to grow. Everyone in the library is a volunteer. So we're, we're really excited about things. And basically the for the community, by the community is a motto that I like to use because this community is so fa fantastic. They really do support one another. There's a lot of things that happen in this community. When people are in need, the community steps up. The sad part about our community is that it's a little bit divided by the highway. Old Gerald is the city of Gerald, and that's on the west side of the highway. But the Sanitary Mud, which the library is in, is on the east side of the highway. So there's like two different entities that are working there and coming together is a little bit difficult, but all that's going to get worked out in time. So Robin, uh, Connie has mentioned that the, the libraries continue to grow through COVID-19. What types of programming uh, are you offering the community that, you know, has people, you know, uh, still interested in, 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 in participating in what you do? So um, when the pandemic took hold, um, I think it was about mid-March, we actually closed our doors for a few months. Um, and then, you know, we kind of regrouped and pivoted. That's the buzzword. Um, we pivoted to um, curbside service where people could go online and reserve books that they wanted from our website. And then they could uh, come to the library and pick them up. Um, we would drop them at their car. Um, we also did um, some online programming um, 
In other words, we did like story time for the children, got permission from um, the publishers to read the books online. And, um, you know, we would do crafts with the kids online as well. Um, we did our summer reading program. We did um, a really nice Christmas program, um, which was Facebook Live with Santa. And, um, you know, so we've tried to really remain relevant throughout all of this. And, um, you know, I think our community is really excited about uh, us being back open and being able to come in now. We've, um, we're allowing um, patrons to come in and use the computers and check out the books. And um, hopefully we'll get back to a point where we can have our in-person programs very soon. Uh, along with, um, you know, just being able to socialize because that's a big part of it. Connie mentioned, uh, you know, for the community, by the community, and it, that's really true. Um, we provide a lot of services to the community, such as like ESL training. Um, we, uh, we have a homeschool group. We have a senior gals and gab um, where they come and play games and just hang out with each other. And the the real goal is for us to, you know, we're such a new library. We really want to become the cornerstone of the community that brings those two separate entities together. Um, you know, it's it's one of the main things about our community is this division between the city of Gerald and the Santerra mud district, which is growing. They, there's more residents in the Santerra mud district than there is in the city of Gerald. We're one community, but because we're separate government entities, it, it makes for somewhat of a divisive kind of environment. And we're hopeful that the, the um, library can bring that um, unity um, that we really search for uh, and that all of us want. Um, anyway, I'm just rambling now, so. <laughs> uh, Connie, you mentioned early on volunteers. What uh, type of person volunteers? I mean, is it like uh, mainly housewives or college students or construction workers, who, who, who volunteers? Right now, we, the library is run by five volunteers, um, two of which are female veterans. One is from Australia. The other is from the Philippines. Uh, we have a former uh, school board member. We have a one male who is, um, he helped start a library like 20 years ago. He's been involved with library advocacy for about 20 years now. Um, his background was in mostly construction. We have another um, male volunteer who we call upon when we need transportation for stuff. He has a truck, so we're able to like get things uh, shuttled to and from. Uh, we have like we have volunteers who have who are retirees. We have some volunteers who are just interested in and doing circulation, just checking out books sometimes when we need that. Uh, we just recently got two teens to come into the library and are really, really excited 
One is an exchange student from Germany and another is from Colombia. She's only been here for about three months and she is really interested in offering um, Spanish classes to kids age four to seven. She says she has been getting requests for that from adults when she you know, meets them and they find out about her, a little bit of her background. And the other one is interested in getting the team group started. So we're really excited to have them. They're also very artistic. So they've been uh, decorating our windows in the library for the little ones. So that's really exciting. That sounds like a great uh, collection of um, volunteers. And I was actually right. I say a construction worker and you said the same thing. Yes. <laughs> Where can we find uh, more information about the Gerald Community Library and in what ways are you needing support? Our biggest area of support that we need, we need volunteers in all areas from grant writers to people who are really, really interested in organizing. So those people who are like super, super organizers, they are a tremendous help in the library because so much shelving and, and uh, weeding of books and stuff like that happens on a daily basis. Um, so we need those people. We need people in with financial management. Um, uh, accounting backgrounds are very useful, attorneys. Um, so, you know, we, we do a lot of different things. This is one of the things when I first started as a volunteer and we had one of our first book sales, um, we were setting up and organizing and we set up this table um, in one of the lobbies and Robin sat at that table and she said, you know, one of the things that I really see happening at this library is that it becomes a community hub where people can come and gather around the table. Um, you can go to www.geraldcommunitylibrary.org. That's our website. We also have a Facebook page under Gerald Community Library. Um, we do um, frequent posts on the Facebook page to keep people informed of what's going on at the library. It has been a tremendous pleasure, and we wish you the best of the best. Well, thank you. It was very nice talking with you today. This has been Jollyville Community Beat with Uncle Asar and Dig This. No one can do everything, but everyone can do something. Peace. The creative team that wrote and performed these episodes of Jolly Bull Radio includes Uncle Asar Al-Kabalon, Emily Ansonek, Lizzie Brister, Michael Crosa, Michelle Darcy, Richard Dayry, Brian Green, Alan Kay, Pilar Kep, Robert Leary, Thomas Schlitt, Matt Wake, Kay Wise Denty. Special appearances by Bob Dawn of the Bob Short Story Hour and Hidden Oaks Podcast. Lead editing by Dr. Monse Santian with social media help by Emily Ansonek. Direction and music by Michael Crosa. The recording was made in accordance with social distancing. Jollyville Radio is a product of Jollyville Brass Quintet, member of the Austin Creative Alliance. We are based in Austin, Texas. If you're enjoying Jollyville Radio, consider supporting us on Patreon. For a small monthly pledge, you can have a big impact on the success of the show. Plus, depending on your pledge, you can get bonuses like access to the script archive, letters from characters, and even a chance to hear your own voice on the show. Just go to patreon.com and search for Jollyville Radio. The credits were read by the writers of episodes 214 through 217. They are Uncle Asar, Akebulan, Emily, Ansonet, Michael Croza, Brian Green, Pilar Kep, KY Stenti. We'll see you next time on Jollyville Radio.
proud member of the Podnuga Network.